the show the establishment warned you about. Right, it's the Dr. Thomas Show. Welcome back. We're broadcasting from the free state of Florida in the heart of Florida in Tampa, Florida from Echelon Health Studios. Glad you're here on Christmas Eve Eve. We are in the midst of the uh, greatest uh, global warming tra- tragedy, as you all know, in a long time. And we are suffering from that here in Florida. It's going to be 29 tomorrow. So buckle up. Everybody across the United States, I think, is suffering from this global warming tragedy that we're that we've uh, been uh, just subjected to by these wicked people who are insist on driving gasoline-powered cars and uh, using air conditioners and not paying India and China uh, ransom fees for uh, being such evil tra- uh, capitalists. So that's what we're doing with this this weekend in Florida: twenty-nine degree weather due to global warming. 2022 has been the year of COVID, and now it is becoming the year that COVID's been exposed or going to be exposed. And why do I say that? Because recently we have here in Florida a grand jury that's going to be impaneled. And this was due to some actions taken on the part of our great governor, Governor Ron DeSantis. And he has petitioned the Florida Supreme Court and the Florida Supreme Court has signed off on granting a grand jury to investigate COVID-19 vaccine manufacturers. So this is what is going to draw the ire going forward in the next several months of liberals across the United States and uh, power-hungry leftists who think that we should not be able to investigate anything to do with COVID-19 because that has been their little pet project uh, from the beginning. And uh, this is just a little taste of the vitriol that people like uh, myself and others who have not taken the COVID narrative hook, line, and sinker who have uh, been on the, uh, I guess, on the being a little bit more circumspect about when to listen to the authorities and everything. And this is the kind of stuff that we had to put up with all through these uh, last two years now and going into the third year. It's about COVID. the other innocent people going by. So get over yourself. Well, you're taking away my rights and the government's telling me what to do. That's right. The government is telling you what to do. That's Gene Shut Simmons. Up, be respectful of other people and get a vaccine. If you're willing to walk among us unvaccinated, you are an enemy. You're an enemy. It seems criminal to me, actually. I, I really feel that if someone chooses not to be vaccinated, that Sean Penn. to stay home. Not go to work, not have a job. Cuba lover. I support mandatory Castro lover. I think every company should do it. This is a when you George Clooney. Ninety percent of the people that are dying are not vaccinated. Doctor Phil M D. Do the math. This isn't hard. This is this is this is not chess. It's checkers. The people deliberately spreading misinformation. Somebody named Meg Terrell. Are Who the hell, essentially hell that is. making criminal acts. Look, his wife died, but. Forget that. That's nothing compared to how many people didn't do the vaccine and died because of that. So they are criminals. I am encouraging CEO all parents of Pfizer. to get their children vaccinated, but I'm also encouraging children to ask for the vaccine. Uh-huh. Um, I, Rochelle I have a 16-year-old myself, and I can tell you he wanted to get the vaccine. He wanted it. The normalization and of Mr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, the same Dr. Death. that says the president didn't win the election, even though every single examination proved that he did. Three quarters of the eligible have gotten at least one shot. But one quarter has not gotten any. Despite these kinds of testimonials, new polling shows the majority of unvaccinated Americans are unlikely to be moved in Morning their Joe's thinking. Wife. That's what's causing Mika. this. It's Morning Joe. The vaccines. 
81% of unvaccinated Americans said they probably or definitely would not get the shot. The Hollywood celebrities, the nonstop Charlie propaganda Kurt. campaign, it was nothing but difficult to not take that shot. I mean, it was, it, you had to go out of your way, you had to make an intentional decision, and still 50 million people made a decision that this was not Did for you, me. Raise your hand if you didn't take the shot. Look at that. Look at the room. Look at the room right now. I don't even like calling it. God, but, but God bless you guys. God bless. You know why we were able to do it? Because in, in this crowd is handed down the meaning of liberty. Everybody got the information and we came together and said, fuck. Uh-oh. Yeah, we just said that. Anyway, that's uh, Steve Bannon. So that's basically what we had to put up with the people who were questioning the COVID the COVID rules, the COVID bureaucracy, and everything else to do with COVID. And so now let's see what they said in uh, a few years ago. This is uh, Gene Simmons, what he had to say about celebrities and what they, uh, what we should do when they start telling us uh, what to think. He had a little bit different take on this. Everybody should just take a, a big, uh, deep breath. And why anybody, including yourself, would in the fifth estate would care what a celebrity thinks or otherwise is uh, the height of foolishness. I mean, America's finally come to the edges and the brink of insanity where some people might even consider it a good idea for people living in Malibu to decide our foreign policy. I'm not one of those. I think celebrities should basically shut their pie hole and do what they do best, act, sing, tap dance, juggle balls, and do all that kind of stuff. And then do what you what a what a you know informed citizen does: draw the curtain, vote your conscience, go in there and vote. You know, I saw some of the great uh, you know examples of, of democracy. People uh, actually demonstrating on the street and so on. And when a newscaster went up and said, "What are you demonstrating against? We don't like our elect you know elected mm -hmm. president and so on," which is fair. And then the newscaster asked, "Did you vote?" Well, I forgot to tie my shoelaces. I've, you know, the dog ate my homework. Anyways, as Gene Simmons back in the day in 2016 when he's told us that we shouldn't be worried about what these celebrities have to say. Anyway, so this uh, COVID is coming coming to uh, is coming to a court near you. Actually, in Florida, it's coming to a court. This is from the New York Post. It says the uh, Florida Supreme Court signed off Thursday on Governor Ron DeSantis' request to impanel a grand jury to investigate COVID-19 vaccine manufacturers for potential wrongdoing. In DeSantis' petition to establish the grand jury, he argued that a Florida Department of Health analysis, quote, found an increase in the relative incidence of cardiac-related deaths among males 18 to 39 years old within 28 days following mRNA vaccination, end quote. So that's what the impetus was for Florida Department of Health to go ahead and say that they do not recommend that young adult males aged 18 to 39 to get this vaccine because of this study. It says a statewide grand jury shall be promptly impaneled for a term of 12 calendar months to run from date of impanelment with jurisdiction throughout the state of Florida to investigate crime, return indictments, make presenta make presentments, and otherwise perform all functions of a grand jury with regard to the offenses stated here uh, herein, the court read. Tampa-based Judge Ronald Figueroa was appointed by the court to preside over the statewide grand jury. This is the second time now that a, a Tampa-based federal judge has come to the rescue of, uh, of people who are seeking redress from the government and uh, authorities for COVID. The other time you'll remember was when the judge Catherine Mazel 
was the one who finally struck down the uh, requirement that people will have to wear face masks on airplanes because she said the CDC did not have the authority to do that. And the CDC was the one that was saying that. So anyway, so back back to hit this. Tampa is now, again, like, like I said, one who's trying to claw back against the uh, the COVID uh, bureaucrats, basically, who are, are trying to run everything and not allowed to ask questions. And Ron DeSantis is not falling for it. And he wants to know what is going on. Because at the end of the day, he's a governor here and he's responsible for the people here. Right or wrong, if, if there was decisions made about COVID, that were that were not on the up and up. We need to know about that. Now there may have been some mistakes that were made, and that happens. Mistakes are, are, are obviously that's something that happens in life. But if there was a calculated effort to withhold information or to misrepresent information, or to uh, skew the perception of of the studies or otherwise to misinform the public, then hopefully this grand jury will be able to find that out. It says, we will be able to get the data whether they want to give it or not, said DeSantis. Uh, it says here, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has acknowledged that myocarditis, inflammation of the heart muscle, and pericarditis, inflammation of the outer lining of the heart. Actually, it's the outer lining. It's a sac that goes around the heart, but anyway, uh, have been recorded after vaccination, but insists those cases are rare. So we'll see. So how rare is it? This is another study. This is from... Uh, New England Journal uh, of Medicine is called Journal Watch. And this is a, uh, it says myopericarditis after COVID-19 vaccination in adolescents and young adults. So this was doing a review of an article that was published in the Journal of uh, JAMA Pediatrics uh, in 2022 of December 5th. And this is a uh, journal review or uh, basically a summary and a comment on that article. And this says here, in a, melodin, in a meta-analysis, outcomes were favorable, favorable overall. Many studies have documented that COVID-19 mRNA vaccines, while life-saving, can also, have, can also rarely cause myopericarditis, particularly in adults and young adolescents. Now investigators have produced a systematic review and meta-analysis of those studies focusing on, pages, on people aged 12 to 20 years old. It says here, clinical characteristics and outcomes included the following. Now, this was on a study of 854 people with myopericarditis after COVID-19 vaccination. 23 studies. So 23 studies altogether was 854 people who had myopericarditis. Basically means either myocarditis or pericarditis. So inflammation of the heart muscle itself or inflammation of the sac that surrounds the heart after COVID-19 vaccination. Mean age was 16. 90% were males. Only 4% had a prior SARS-CoV-2 infection. That's important to know because going forward, it's going to be hard to tease out what is caused now by COVID versus what has been caused by uh, COVID vaccines because almost everyone who's had COVID vaccine has had COVID as well. So it'll be, it'll be hard to tease out, but this study had, like I said, 4% had a prior SARS-CoV-2 infection. So these were people who were largely those who had only had COVID vaccination, except for 4% had also had an infection prior to that. Okay. Here's what they found. It says here, clinical characteristics and outcomes included the following. Myopericarditis occurred more commonly after the second dose 
74, 74% of cases. The mean interval between vaccination and myopericarditis symptoms onset was 2.6 days. Very soon. Chest pain, fever, headache, and dyspnea were the most common symptoms. Troponin levels, that's, that's what they measure when you have a heart attack or heart injury. So troponin is an enzyme released by damaged heart tissue. Troponin level was elevated at 85% of people. So they had damage to the heart that was seen on a laboratory test for the heart in 85% of these 854 people. EKG commonly showed ST segment elevation or ST segment changes, which I mean, I guess means it's probably going to be elevation, 53%. And occasionally T wave changes, 15%. So the EKG even showed that there was heart damage. Now, this is from a COVID vaccine only, not from, not from, um, uh, this was not from the infection necessarily, because only 4% had a prior infection. Most of these people were only vaccinated. 15% had, okay, this is an interesting thing. This article says only 15% had left ventricular systolic dysfunction, while most having only mild dysfunction. Only 1% had severe dysfunction, and no patients required mechanical support during hospitalization. This is an attempt to downplay left ventricular systolic dysfunction, in my opinion, because they're saying only. If this, If you're writing an article, you don't have to say only. You just say 15%. Using the word only, you're you're trying to put subjectively your opinion into this article saying, look, it's not that much. Only 15%. Left, left ventricular systolic dysfunction, that's life-threatening potentially. Your left ventricle is what pumps blood to your, to your uh, body through your aorta and most importantly to your brain. If you have left ventricular systolic dysfunction, you could very well die. But only 15% of that. So it's only. So it's not that not to be worried about. Here we go again with the only. Only 5% had a pericardial fusion. Well, that's important to know because pericardial fusion is an emergency. Pericardial fusion, very oftentimes it requires you to have uh, your uh, procedure to drain that fluid around your heart. But it was only only 5%, okay? Cardiac magnetic resonance showed late gadolinium enhancement in 87% of patients. So the, the, the MRI of the heart showed damage in 87% of patients. Myocardial edema was seen in 58%. This is this is serious stuff. This is stuff that is not just like, oh, they had a little bit of chest pain, went to the ER, they told them it was myocarditis, they went home. A lot of times you'll see this stuff about these vaccines and they say, oh, it was mild. I've never heard the word mild myocarditis until COVID. You know that? As long as I've been in medicine, which is since I graduated in 06 from medical school, I finished residency. I finished residency in 09 and fellowship in 10. In those years, I had never heard the term mild myocarditis until now. But now they say it's, it's mild. Well, these aren't mild cases here. These cases are not mild. Pericardial fusion is not mild. Left ventricular systolic dysfunction is not mild. But like I said, they say it's only only 15% of uh, those had left ventricular systolic dysfunction. Only 5% had pericardial fusion. Anyway. All right. Vast majority were hospitalized, 92% for an average of 2.8 days, and a quarter were admitted to the ICU. Here we go again. Only 1% had ionotropic support. So only 1% of them had to have medication to help their heart beat. That's what that means. No deaths were reported. Limited follow-up. 
uh, some reported improvements at an ejection fraction of three months. So this is, like I said, so this is back to this article here by the New York Post. It says, the Center for Disease Control has acknowledged that myocarditis, the inflammation of the heart muscle, and pericarditis, inflammation of the outer lining of the heart, which is not correct, it's the sac around the heart, have been recorded after vaccination, but assisted those cases are rare. So that's how you get to this, the risks uh, the benefits outweigh the risks. That's how you get to that. Because they say, well, it's only rare. You see how, so here it is. 854 people uh, had myopericarditis after COVID-19. And this is what, this is what they uh, had to them. So for these people, maybe it was rare, but it was a real event. It says here, COVID-19 vaccines seem to rarely cause myopericarditis in adolescents and young adults, and mostly in males after the second dose. Although published studies show that it is typically mild. There you go again. These findings align with reports in adults, which have also generally determined those cases were mild. Their overall incidence is estimated to be 0.3 to 5 per 100,000 vaccinated people. So if you take 100,000 vaccinated people, take 100,000 people, 0.3 to 5 of them, you can expect them to get myocarditis. And some of those will get this, get this problem. And... Eventually, if you look hard enough, some of those people will die. But we'll see. We'll see what what's uh, maybe this uh, Florida panel, this grand jury panel will uh, find out something that's helpful for us. But as you see this stuff come out, you're seeing a lot of, I think, backtracking people kind of girding their uh, watching what they're saying going forward about uh, COVID. And one of the people that's most notorious is this lady. This uh, CNN doctor named Dr. Wynn, I believe her name is uh, Laura Wynn, Leanna Wynn. And she's been on CNN before. This is one of the people who, during the pandemic, uh, when it first started out, was most vocal about trying to make sure that people did the right thing in her eyes. And this is some of the stuff that she had to say. Uh, about it. So how quickly we get this under control and which way we go depends on what we do now when it comes to vaccination, to overcoming disinformation. And what we really need to do at this point is to make vaccination the easy choice. It needs to be hard for people to remain unvaccinated. Right now, it's kind of the opposite. It's fine. I mean, it's easy if you're unvaccinated. You can do everything you want to do anyway. But at some point, these mandates by workplaces, by schools, I think it will be important to say, hey, you can opt out. But if you want to opt out, you have to sign these forms. You have to get twice weekly testing. Basically, we need to make getting vaccinated the easy choice. That is what it's going to take for us to actually end the pandemic. All right. What a psychopath. So this lady, uh, Leanna Wynn, this is the one that uh, was on the CNN and all these other places saying this, this is some more than what she had to say about uh, how, what, what she should, what you should do uh, in her mind to uh, end this pandemic. I think we really may, need to make it clear that there are privileges associated with being an American. This is from the blaze. If you wish to have these privileges, you need to get vaccinated. Travel and having the right to travel in our state it's not a constitutional right, as far as I'm, as far as I know, to yes. um, to to uh, to board a plane and so. It is a constitutional right. It's called freedom of assembly. It's called uh, freedom, basically. There is no constitutional right that says that you can do what you want to do because it's it's known. It, you know, these people that go on about constitutional rights, they think rights are things that the government gives you. There's no right that you have to have spelled in the Constitution to board a plane. Anymore, there is right that you need to have in the Constitution that says you're allowed to walk outside of your house. 
That's understood. So saying that if you want to stay unvaccinated, that's your choice. But if you want to travel, you better go get that vaccine. Yeah, go to hell. Anyway, so this lady here, CNN medical analyst, uh, this is from The Blaze. CNN medical analyst who said the unvaccinated should not be able to travel changes or tune emphasizes benefits of natural immunity. Now, here we go. What's going on here? A CNN medical analysis analyst who promoted lockdowns and vaccination requirements at one stage claimed that we can't trust the unvaccinated has been taken has taken to the pages of the Washington Post to confirm claims that were up until recently derided as misinformation. Hmm. So-called health expert now admits that natural immunity is optimal and those who are vaccinated but had not previously caught COVID-19 are more susceptible to infection. On December 9th, Wynn wrote an op-ed in the Post calling for an end to the vaccine mandate for members of the military. Wynn also suggested that, quote, businesses, universities, schools, and other entities that were once justified in implementing these requirements should be considered removing them too. What is going on here? Uh, potentially running afoul of mRNA vaccines, most outspoken champions like Dr. Anthony Fauci, when claimed that public health officials must be upfront that the coronavirus vaccine is not equivalent to uh, far more effective real vaccines, such as those used to treat polio or measles. Young, healthy people, most of which have already had COVID, are very unlikely to become severely ill and there is little, if any, lasting difference between the vaccinated and unvaccinated people's likelihood of infecting others, wrote Wynn. She also wrote in another op-ed, Abundant research shows that natural immunity conveys excellent protection against COVID. One Center for Disease Control and Prevention study found that the vaccinated people who had never had COVID were at least three times as likely to be infected as unvaccinated people with prior infection. So this study said, the piece points to an Israeli study published in the New England Journal of Medicine that compared a group of vaccinated people who had never had COVID-19 and a group of people who had not been vaccinated but had been previously infected with COVID-19. So they took people who had never had COVID-19 and then they compared them people with who had been vaccinated. I'm sorry, people who had had um, previously infected with COVID-19, I'm sorry, COVID-19, and compared them to people who had been vaccinated, Okay. So people who had been vaccinated but not had COVID-19 and compared them to people who had had COVID-19, quote-unquote, natural immunity. It turns out the first group had, quote, twice the number of infections as the second, just two months after their shots. And after six months, the first group, meaning the group that had been vaccinated, groups, first group's infection rate was nearly three times higher than the second's. That's misinformation, according to Miss Wynn here. Dr. Wynn from before, if you had said this before, you were, according to her own words, you were spreading misinformation. Now, here we are. This was, this one, she was on, this was a September 10th of 2021 was one of these uh, moments that she was talking and July 11th of 2021. So here we are a little over a year later and she has done a 180. What is going on? Uh, it says, after questioning the utility and good of vaccine mandates, Wynn highlighted the dangers they pose, which were previously unacknowledgeable on social media. Exactly right. Wynn referenced two set of statistics, one from the CDC and the second one from a Canadian database. The first showing that there were 39 myocarditis cases per million second doses among males 18 to 24. And the second showing that there were 22 cases for every 100,000 doses 
for men ages 18 to 29. So what do we have in this other article? This, this journal, this uh, journal watch review of an article says that their overall incidence was estimated to be uh, 0.3 to 5 per 100,000. So if you do the math, uh, 100,000 and a million, this looks like it would be more. Add on three zeros. Yes, there'd be more potentially, much more. So this is the tip of the iceberg. And this is what was going to happen with this grand jury. And this is what's going to have people like Dr. Wynn scared to death because they're going to be called to testify and say, what did you know about this? You went on TV and you said all this stuff. And were you spreading misinformation yourself? It is... Um, it's going to be the year that the chickens come home roost to roost for the for the COVID tyrants. I think twenty twenty three. But back to this myocarditis stuff. This is so here's a, here's a, here's the real controversial thing to say is do the vaccines cause people to die suddenly? And it appears that the vaccine definitely causes people to have myocarditis. Dr. McCullough has been on record as saying that he believes that the reasons for people dying suddenly in part is due to scar tissue produced by myocarditis, as you can see on these gadolinium enhanced MRIs that causes an arrhythmia. And it happens a lot of times during times of uh, performance, either during sports or times of sleep. And you might say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would it happen during times of sleep? Because you're supposed to be... um, you know, you're, you're well rested. Well, it turns out when you're sleeping, you're not necessarily as well rested as you might think you are because during times of sleep, you also have times of when you're dreaming where your catecholamines go through the roof and they go really high and doing so will be equivalent to doing something very strenuous like exercising. And so what the thought is, is that when you're having this burge of, uh, uh, I'm sorry, this um, surge of catecholamines, it's equivalent to when you're exercising, and that's when people start having problems with the scars that are on the heart that are from mRNA vaccines that are causing people to have arrhythmias, that are causing people to die. And that's the thing that's very controversial to say, but that's the thing that we will have to be able to find out soon, hopefully with this uh, with this grand jury, to see if this is something that they knew about or something that they know about now in their, uh, in their observations after the facts. And we'll see, and they'll have to give us this information now because it is, uh, it is, it's going to be something that is required by the law. It's kind of like the Twitter files were 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 forced onto the public because uh, because Elon Musk bought spent forty four million dollars. Well, it's not going to cost forty four billion. It's not going to cost us forty four billion to get to these results, and it's not going to, and it'd be impossible to get them in a similar fashion because. It's hard to do that. How are you going to get all of these different groups to admit that they they knew something when they didn't know? Or how are you going to get these groups of uh, people to give you up the information that they have without having to do it uh, by law? So we'll see what happens with that. Recently, we've had a visit from the our little favorite guy from Ukraine, Vladimir Volodymyr Zelensky, and he came with his 
he came with his uniform, his his little outfit, his little actor's outfit, his green green uh, fatigues, and he got left with a promise to get lots and lots and lots of money. And uh, I don't know about what it is about Zelensky that makes me more um, suspicious of him or don't like him. I don't know if it's Zelensky himself or the way that people uh, flock to Zelensky and treat him if he's some sort of second coming of uh, Elvis Presley or the Beatles. Um, I don't know which one it is. Is it Zelensky himself? Because he's already unabashed in his desire for our money. He comes out and says it. He says that he's got your money and he wants more of your money. And th- and then you have the people who, who just kowtow to him, like Mitch McConnell and uh, Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. And I don't know which is more aggravating. I think together they both make them. It's just a, it's just an uncomfortable thing. Ukraine has now going to pocket approximately $100 billion of taxpayer money, all because Russia invaded them. And now here we are fighting Russia in a proxy war that has no end in sight. And so Vladimir Zelensky came recently and he, he came to get some more cash and he got some more cash or he got a promise for more cash. And uh, we're left holding the uh, dirty end of the stick in this deal with Zelensky. And this is from uh, American Greatness. This is this is uh, Julie Kelly. She goes, uh, Zelensky's address to a joint session of Congress, his second this year, symbolizes how the regime is actively working against the interests of the American people. While Americans struggle to pay for gas, Zelensky traveled to Washington, D.C. in a U.S. Air Force plane accompanied by F-15 fighter jet. Government officials literally rolled out the red carpet for Zelensky when he landed before he enjoyed a full-blown motorcade to the White House. As Zelensky entered the House chambers Wednesday night, his lapdog benefactors in Congress rose to their feet, wildly applauding and reaching out to touch him, mouths agape as if a rock star was in their presence. But real groupies have more dignity. It was a disgusting display all around. Zelensky, always in character, couldn't even manage to wear a proper suit. His attire, of course, didn't matter as as much or didn't matter as long as his costume had plenty of pockets. Zelensky is set to receive forty-seven billion more in U.S. dollars. When those same slobbering lawmakers pass a $1.7 trillion government spending bill this month, which they did, bringing Zelensky's total grab to $100 billion and counting. So they passed it through the Senate. Now they're going to pass it through the House because the House is controlled by Democrats. And the Senate was split, but the Senate had a bunch of Republicans jump in and they helped push it over the edge. So they had it by far. The omnibus package itself was an insult, was one insult after another to the American people. As Representative Dan Bishop detailed in a December 20 tweet thread, generally generous funding to secure the borders of other countries is included in the bill with little more than crumbs to protect our southern border, now dangerously wide open with human smugglers and drug runners. Billions more will be spent to promote gender equity, fight, quote, structural racism, expand access to abortion and and construct buildings and parks named after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, retiring Senator Richard Shelby, and former First Lady Michelle Obama, among others. Perhaps the most outrageous provision in the bill is a hefty budget hike for the Department of Justice. Attorney General Merrick Garland, who spends his majority of his time in resources targeting Donald Trump, his associates, and his supporters, 
will receive a nearly 10% raise next year, bringing the Justice Department's annual budget to $38.7 billion. More than $212 million is earmarked to hire almost 100 temporary government lawyers to help prosecute January 6 protesters, a caseload now nearing 1,000 Americans with promises to add 1,000 more. Do you know what's going on with these January 6 people? I was listening to Dennis Prager yesterday. There's a there's a gentleman on there. Uh, I forgot his name. Uh, I believe the website is wearegoodmen.com. Anyway, this this man was on the Capitol grounds, and according to his testimony, he never entered the building. But what he did do was he witnessed, uh, he says, police officers beating to death. Roseanne Boyland, who was one of the people who died, uh, who died that day. Despite what you hear in the media, uh, police officers were not killed that day by Trump supporters. There was two people who were killed that day. One of them was shot to death by a Capitol policeman who faced no investigation at all, faced no charges at all. And that lady was named Ashley Babbitt. And another one was apparently beat to death by uh, police officers, according to uh, those who saw it. I didn't see it, so I wasn't there. So, F. Fibby, do not come knocking on my door and do not haul my ass into January 6th uh, gulags. But this, the story is is that she was beat to death by law enforcement, Capitol Police officers. And this gentleman was there, and he was there to uh, to peacefully protest, as is his right, and he saw this going on and he tried to stop it. And apparently that's what's landed him in the DC gulag. He's been there for two years now. He has not had visitation with any of his family. He is not allowed to video conference with his family. He is, uh, he spent most of the time in his gulag in solitary confinement, which means 23 hours a day in the, in the cell. I guess he's no longer in solitary confinement. He has yet to have a hearing. He has yet to have a bond hearing even. Not even a bond hearing. This is happening in America. This is one of the things that probably is the most dangerous thing that is going on today in America is the the government. The government itself is the most dangerous threat to Americans today. The government. If you fall on the wrong side of the government, as we saw with the Twitter files, uh, the, the FIBI, uh, Hoover's boys, they are inserted. They have inserted themselves inside of these companies. And they said, so themselves, they said, look, we, you know, Twitter files showed that the, the, the Fibby was working with Twitter. Uh, they were, they were meeting with him. They were coaching them. They even paid Twitter for their work doing and, and banning uh, certain accounts that Fibby flagged saying these these people need to be banned or or censored or whatever Fibby actually paid them in 2019 a law was passed that allowed your tax dollars to be used by hoover's boys to pay basically contractors to do the work of censoring americans voices anyway so that's what Fibby is doing with twitter and then they said in their response to that look this is misinformation uh, there's some, there's a few people out there who are, who are trying to sully the, the, uh, the character of Fibby and, and, and actual fact that we work with lots of different companies, 
Twitter's not the only one. We work with lots of companies. They didn't say who they are, which you can imagine. And so this is going on all the time. And here we are in this in this omnibus budget. They got more money. In any right society, the opposition party at least would be having conniption fits on the steps of the uh, of the Capitol every day and having press conferences every day talking about this. For, to my knowledge, uh, the leadership in the GOP has not said one damn thing about this. It is not covered in any of the drive-by media, which is not, not surprising. But they know this is happening because they have access to the Internet just like anybody else. And it doesn't only have to come through the drive-by media for it to be, uh, to be, be, to be known. So this is going on now. Can you imagine for one second, imagine for one second that Obama's uh, White House found out that the Phoebe was was working with Twitter to censor Democrat people or Democrat voters voices, people who had liberal views the 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 Hoover's boys were were paying Twitter to censor people who had liberal views. Could you imagine what Obama led White House would do? Could you imagine what a, a Democrat Congress? Could you imagine what Nancy Pelosi would do? Could you imagine what Chuck Schumer would do? There would be hell to pay. And yet the turtle has said nothing. Can't say anything. uh, Kevin McCarthy, if he has said anything, I don't know what it is. That's how important it has been. That's how how much weight he's had. Um, Mitt Romney, you know, the putative uh, 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 Democrats uh, Republican. He's a Democrats Republican. Mitt Romney. You know, Mitch McConnell says that Mitt Romney should run for Senate again because he's such a great guy. Former two-time loser for the presidential um, candidate. Nothing. He said nothing. And yet here we go. We have this big budget come through and all this money that's being wasted. And uh, we, we can't even we can't even stop them from funding these guys anymore. But unfortunately, this is the way of the world. This is what's happening now. And this is the end of the year. Um, we'll, we will hope for better things next year. Uh, but I do not have a lot of hope for the GOP. And I do not have a lot of hope for anything other than what's going on in our free state here in Florida. I think our free state of Florida is leading the way. And uh, we have to uh, we have to lead. And, and you have to have leaders like Ron DeSantis to be in charge next year, uh, hopefully to uh, push back against some of this chaos. Just before Christmas, I have some year-end predictions. This is my predictions for next year in no particular order. Number one, Trump will not be the nominee for the GOP. I do not think he has the ability to do so anymore because he does not have popular support amongst non-staunch Trump supporters. Uh, Trump will be charged by the Department of Justice and convicted that's not because Donald Trump did anything wrong. That's because of the Department of Justice and the D.C. jury pools are corrupt, basically, and will not have a fair trial. DeSantis will run. Uh, Anthony Richardson, the Florida QB, will uh, be drafted high, but he will not start. I do not think Anthony Richardson was ready to go to the NFL, uh, but he will be drafted high based on his ability, potential ability. Number five, Ukraine and Russia will continue to go to war because it is profitable for both. 
Russia is making a lot of money off their oil still. And Ukraine is making a lot of money off of us dumbass taxpayers. Biden will run for office as long as he is breathing, uh, brain intact or not. The COVID vaccine will not become annual. And most of that has gotten to be due to what is going to come out with uh, things going on. Just as time goes on, more stuff's going to come out about this COVID vaccine, quote unquote, that is not good. And it is going to cause the COVID vaccine to lose favor as it has already had lost favor. Um, especially there's there's been very few people who want to do this bivalent thing. And this is a uh, Ram Paul doing the night twas the night before Christmas, and he's talking about twas the night before Christmas and all of the graft and corruption and all of the uh, bad things that are happening in D.C. Twas the week before Christmas, and through the Senate and House, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The earmarks were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The senators were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of pork danced in their heads. No budget was found, just mischief and debt, while the taxpayers hung their poor heads and wept. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, senators sprang from their oxygen. What was the matter? Away to the window they flew like a flash, tore open the shutters when they heard the word cash. The moon on the breasts of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a 4,000-page omni with endless debt year after year. With a little old driver, so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now McConnell, now Schumer, now Pelosi and Vixen. On Biden, on Stupid, on Dumber and Blitzen. To debt, to bankruptcy, to free money for all. Now dash away, dash away, more cash for all. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As the economy threatened to run aground, down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of earmarks he had flung on his back, an appropriator's dream opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. This spending season, instead of naughty and nice, Santa brought everyone something, regardless of price. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head, he said not to worry, there's always the Fed. He spoke not a word and went straight to his work. Undeterred by the debt, he turned with a jerk. For naughty Pentagon that lost billions last year, a fat stocking with extra cash and cheer. And don't forget a delicious candy cane, sweet with $40 billion to tide over Ukraine. Because of the climate, it's not PC to leave coal. No one seems to care because we're trillions in the hole. Don't worry about leaving the budget a mess. Democrats have given you 87,000 agents of the IRS. So St. Nick laid his finger aside his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. 
he sprang to slay his economist agog, numbing the pain with a cup of eggnog. Up and away through the, through the countries in tatters, free stuff for all, sky-high prices don't matter. His last words as the wind lifted his sleigh, if people lack money, just print, it's okay. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, happy bankruptcy to all, and to all a good night. Oh, that's well, that's it for today. Uh, go see Trans-Siberian Orchestra. If you haven't had the chance, you'll enjoy it. Until next time, bye-bye.